This is Motion, and you are now listening to Sage on Sage News Live. So here we have um, we have Mike, and Mike is a three PL specialist. Uh, Mike's been doing it for I think eight years. Correct, Mike? Yeah, let's just round it to ten. Let's just round it to ten. In, in freight years, that's like twenty. Just so everybody knows, it, it's, it's just how we we roll. I mean, if you compare me to to the most uh, most people in this industry, you'd be thinking uh, it, I've been north of twenty years. So north of twenty years, yeah, same here. I, it's it's one of those things that when you when all you do is like you're a freight nerd and that's all you kind of talk about. It's just just who we are. So um, why don't I just jump in and let you kind of introduce yourself and kind of give a little bit of rundown from what you do and things like that. Cool. So yeah, I mean, uh, nickel tour of what I do. Um, I own a franchise with Global Trans. Um, Basically, what I go in and my approach is going all in with accounts, being a one-stop shop. So, you know, in the typical industry, you know, we always hear brokers beating up carriers, all this rate shopping things. But I, I could care less about that. I mean, a rate, anybody can go at your rate. Anybody, you know, someone's going to always be cheaper. My goal is to go into companies and be a consultant and really look at this thing, you know, 10,000 feet up and show them exactly, you know, how their supply chain, logistics, operations, distribution is financially impacting their company, then tailor a program that's going to align with, you know, not only their goals, but their customers' goals, and just be, again, their one-stop shop partner. So freight rates or, you know, transportation spend is just a small smidgen of, you know, what I bring to the table. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. Like I, I try to portray it in my channel and when I go over with people is everybody thinks that steering wheel and that windshield is the end of logistics. You know, pick up from the shipper, uh, the broker gets it to pick, you know, tells the driver to pick it up and then the driver picks it up and, the, and then it ends up being delivered. And they have no idea how monstrous the industry actually is. And the goal is not just to get into that to that one spec shipping department, but it's actually to get in like I do. I eventually talk to everybody from the, you know, like you do, the accounting department, the legal departments, the CEOs, the CFOs, and, and to actually intertwine yourself. And that's kind of pretty much what, how you handle it also, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've never done anything transactional. I mean, I started my career at like a company called Worldwide Express, which is funny is, you know, they announced it, uh, the merger uh, with Global Trans, but putting that aside, you know, so I started my, uh, I started with a company called worldwide express and I was like, until I left worldwide express, I was there for almost like five years. I was convinced everybody did it this way. Right. Like we were going, you know, walking through industrial parks, asking for the owner. Hey, my name's Mike. I'm with worldwide express. I'm here to see the owner, which is even today. I mean, it, it built a lot of tough skin and it sounds kind of funny to say like doing that, but you know, they taught us how to be consultants. They taught us, you know, I always say this and, and you've probably heard me you know, say it multiple times. I'm not the most uh, knowledgeable when it comes into the day to day granular booking, tracking, all that stuff. But from a high level, like I think about things about how it impacts a business, because the way they trained us was to go in and, hey, this is what a 3PL can do. These are the benefits we can bring. These are challenges companies have. What's going to you know, intrigue a CEO, CFO, VP? To, to take my meeting. Well, they don't talk about, they're not, you know, dealing with the day-to-day -day granular shipping stuff, but they are, you know, dealing with, you know, the business side of things, right? So how did I, I had to learn how to tie, you know, I had to learn how to tie supply chain logistics into, you know, a, into a way to say, hey, this is going to be impacting your bottom line, increase, you know, I can increase margins, all that good stuff. So until I moved outside of that, I thought everybody did that. And then I really noticed like, you know, this is really one, nobody really ever calls, 
no wonder I was getting all these answers from CEOs because nobody ever calls them. Right. It's like, they, they almost think it's like, there's nothing else besides a rate. Right. So this, this past year is just really mind blowing to me. And, and it just reassured me that the gap is a lot bigger than I thought because, you know, let's face it, supply chain got pretty uh, popular, I guess you mm -hmm. could say during this pandemic, everybody started talking about it. You saw a lot more people popping up and I, I just realized I, I took a step back and I, I just, you know, it reassured me all the conversations happening are just rate broker carrier rate broker carrier. And it's right. like, these are such a small piece of like, what we're not even thinking, we're not even thinking about what the customers wants and needs are. We're just literally bitching at each other. So I just don't get it. Right. And I think that one of the things that uh, and I bring up is that truly understanding and, and knowing a lot of knowledge just allows you to go in and talk to these CEOs. Right. So yeah. you actually know what you're doing and understand the whole process and their business model and what their business model is. So because uh, a lot of times your approach is where I would, you know, with me being a, an oversized uh, freight consultant, I, I would sneak in through sales because I knew that the salespeople were basically the ones quoting budgetary quotes. And then from the budgetary quotes, I could help them. And then from there, I could move up into transportation and then into the CEO and stuff like that. But you kind of approach through accounting, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, again, in a perfect world, you know, people call it cold calling, prospecting. However, I call it information learning, right? I already know, like, again, I'm, I'm calling, you know, what departments are impacted or are some are have to deal with some sort of uh, are touching some sort of the supply chain logistics, right? Accounting is definitely that's a huge finance. I think of finance, right? Finance is huge. And it's like, OK, well, I know I can consolidate bills, right? I know I can, you know, provide visibility into key cost drivers that they might not have. So why don't I just call accounting one? They don't get called ever by by logistics people, right? Because let's face it. You call a logistics person. I hate calling logistics people because at the end of the day, I have to compete with the masses of people. So it's like I have to almost hook, like right when I call them, I'm like, yo, I'm not trying to get on a carrier list. Don't even want to want your business. I just want to know your process. Right. So I just said, screw that. I'm going to call accounting. They're going to tell me I could say, hey, do you spend north of 20 grand a month? Cool. Yada, yada, yada. And I learned really more about their process from an accounting standpoint, like I, I won't get into the weeds in it, but there's a lot of things that I can help with that I can go into, uh, you know, that executive leadership and say, hey, I spoke with your AP person. You guys aren't properly allocating transportation costs into your pricing model. Do you know the financial impact that's having on your company? And then just take it from there. And then from there, where's it basically? Where's the next step? Where does it go from there? Because obviously at that point, you're learning how the business works and you have you kind of you're obviously going to be going in there and asking questions because you you know what the answers you want to get to and yeah. kind of in that route. So kind of kind of uh, do that call. So, I mean, it's setting a meeting, right? Like nobody I don't think people have meetings. My goal is to, OK, I, I found some pain points, right? right. Normally you want to find pain points. Sometimes I'll just rip a, a dial. But in a perfect world, I find some pain points, call call the executive, usually see, depending on the size of the company, but CEO, CFO. Hang on, hang on. So pain points, you mean problems in their processing? Yeah. And and again, they're definitely challenges, but now it's, is, is those challenges big enough for them to take my meeting, right? For that CEO to take my meeting? Is it, is it intrigue him enough, right? So that first meeting, we get on a call and we're, we're they might bring in a shipping manager, they might bring in a logistics manager, but usually it's just us right and we'll have a conversation about a little bit more on what in you know what i can do what their current process is and believe it or not 
these executives know more than you think, right? When you get them right. into that discovery call, but again, it's more or less, hey, what's your what's your what's your goals when it comes into your supply chain? Or hey, listen, I say properly allocating transportation costs. You know, right now, do you have a customer? Do you, do you get reports on customer profitability? Do you know your cost to serve? Those are things that you know. If you don't know, I can actually run a supply chain analysis for you, a cost to serve analysis, and show you exactly what your cost to serve is, and show you how much more we can put back inside your company if we just properly know the cost to serve by locations, customers, and SKUs. Right. Right. Cost we can it's being kind of like their rate per mile. How much it actually costs from the moment they build it to the moment they sell it. How much well, correct. So like a lot of companies right now is you'll say is like, okay, so do you just, uh, for instance, CPG companies, they'll say, okay, they'll, they'll tack on 12% of the sale. Right. And I'll say, okay, well, how did you, is it 12% across the board? Yeah. We tack 12% on as a part of logistics, our shipping. Okay. Well, how did you get to that 12%? Well, we just, we just, we just did it. Well, that's not a lot like that is not a, that's financially impacting the company regardless, right? I don't care if you, if you just act or like just guessed at that 12%, because think about how many different customers you have, how many different locations you have, how many different SKUs you have from weights and all that. You don't know properly, you know, some might be 12%, some might be 8%, but some might be 30%. So let me show you exactly your cost to serve for all your, for all your customers, for all your uh, transportation. And that way you can see, Hey, listen, that 12% on these customers, we're losing money, right? We're having to pay for shipping. We're not allocating our transportation costs properly. The goal of that is now we have visibility into, again, a, a key cost driver that shows us the, the customers that aren't as profitable and might even be, might even be hurting them to the point where it's like negative margin in the, in those customers. How do we increase the margin on that? Because again, I don't, I'm not going to, I, I'm not naive to think that we're going to be profitable, like extremely profitable on every customer. But the right. goal is to at least have an idea of which customers are really profitable, which customers are average and which customers are losing you money. And how do we increase those? Right. And then CP, just so everybody knows that, that Mike speaks C++ English, which is like CEO and CFO English. So if I stop him a little bit, it's just because I'm trying to break it down. So I just realized how dumb or how, how I probably like, damn, I got to learn how to simplify this more. No, no, no. It's okay. Don't. That's what I'm here for, man. That's what we, me and Mike, I'm looking to do a show with Mike more often. And, and my whole goal is going to be translation to, to the, you know, common people from, <laughs> from C++ language. So, um, Customer uh, packed goods is CPG, and and that's type stuff like um, food would be that, right? Yeah, uh, I mean CPG could be anything. Clorox, well, the Clorox company, CPG. I mean food. I tie it with food and beverage, but if you think about this, is like my bread and butter. I've worked with all types of companies, but recent, like the past couple of years, I've been really dialed into. I say like CPG or um, food and beverage companies, and that's any, you know, they're going into, you know, those big box retailers, distribution centers, and a lot of on time in full, um, you know, appointment set, like stuff like that is, is crucial. Right. So your goal then with them would be, cause that's the, now you specialize in like LTL truckload. What's your kind of your forte? I don't have a mode. I got a team. So that's a, that's, that's where I go back to my point is like, I'm, I know all that stuff. Right. But it's like, I, I, I I say that's a, that's the thing though, that kills a lot of people, I think, in anything, right? They don't want to delegate. They want to be the know-it-all. And I was that person thinking I was that person. I was losing stuff. So I got a team of guy, uh, guys that I'm building out that right now that are just so, you know, that I, I've taken them from, you know, 
straight up those savage brokers that are like, they know the market. I need them guys too. But operation, like I believe that my job is easy, right? My job's super easy. I'd rather bring on really talented people that know operations that say, hey, when I'm pitching an idea, they can look at them and say, hey, I can actually do this for them. This crazy kid that's talking about this idea. Yeah, you, we're going to implement it and make sure it's right. But <laughs> right. I don't look at modes. I look at it as a business, right? Right. Transportation. So I've done it all. I know small parcel, like the back of my hand from a rate negotiation. I resold UPS small parcel for five years. LTL, I would say from a trucking standpoint, I know LTL more than anything. Um, but truckload, I mean, if it's there, I can make sense of it from a business standpoint. Right. right. But I couldn't tell you. I mean, if I had to, I have, I, I should show you the video. I could go in and book a truck, but that's not, <laughs> that's not what my, uh, that's not what I'm right. doing. And, and, and it's funny too, because you, I say the same thing. It's, it, you say this, well, it's, it's just as easy for me. No, it's actually not easy. What we do is not easy. We seem to be good at it, but sometimes it's not easy. So just everybody understands. But I, and my point of that was, is, is customers, you have to kind of know all of it or have people to know all of it. Cause so many times people are just going in let's say a broker or somebody and they're like, all I know is van. I'm just going to go into this van customer and all they know is full, full truckload van. And that might not be best serving the customer because your job is to solve their problems and service the customer, not just, you know, get well, yeah, that's, that's probably, I mean, that's, that's half the industry. Right. And everyone can, uh, everybody can sit there and say, sit there and say like, you're trying to be the best of everything. It's like, no, 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 no. I know, I know consulting and I know how to be a one-stop shop. I'm not saying I know, the I don't know everything, but I have team members. Right. I have on my team that do right. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not trying. Like again, I know there's a lot of times I get I get a lot of uh, feet or not feedback, but like some pushback from just even our own industry, where it's like you know I get it. There's some companies, some people work for companies that can't for provide uh, a one stop shop type model, right? Listen, that's fine. But figure out a way to, to to solve some challenges outside of a rate. Like that's where I posted even like the even like the idea, right? The idea of hey, let me do your RFP all in, right? Let me go cost plus. Let me open book it, right? That's like people just don't want to have any ideas. Literally, they just they just want to bitch about things. And then you got you know other people with you know you know, a platform that just talk about things that probably don't eat, probably impact like Kellogg, right. That right. don't impact like half that don't even impact or don't even have anything to help uh, to do or help with like the masses of companies that, you know, aren't, aren't, aren't inbound, uh, shipping it, having like receiving thousands of, uh, containers from China. It's like, come on. Like there's no, there's, there's really no, ah, there's really, it's just, it's just all over the map, dude. I just, it just, it baffles me. It is. And and I think that's a big misconception. Like I said, and that's one of the misconceptions of the, of, of, you know, what I'm trying to portray is what was when I, you know, with the carriers and stuff is they have to understand where they're, they have to know their place. Let's be honest. Everybody has to kind of know their place. And if they don't like their place, they have to learn the other places. Right. And that other places is actually understanding the customers when you go in the door and being observant and wanting to know more about that customer so you can better serve that customer. No, so, I agree. I mean, yeah. But to your point, the carriers, I think they are the ones that should be like, that's the, that's the funny thing is it's like carriers like working with me because I'm going in and I don't have, I, Hey, listen, they're going to give me a rate, right? I'm going to, I'm, I'm only bringing people good freight, right? If they want it great. If they don't want it, that's fine. It's like, but get, like, that's the thing is like, my thought is 
uh, the person driving your goods, that's the most important person right there, right? Like if you want to just get real. So I don't need to nickel and I don't want everybody has to be profitable, right? Everybody has to make money. And that's what you have right. to think about, right? And listen, People are like, well, they're shady people. Well, guess what? They're shady people in everywhere, right? You can't just be, uh, you know, you just can't be cynical towards life, okay? So my goal is to go out there and it's my job to, hey, listen, can you give me a competitive rate? Awesome. These are the lanes you'll get. If you could give us this, you got to sign a contract. But then that's my goal is to go in there and save, again, doing things that are going to save my customer money and not even have to touch a rate. Right. Like I can go in. There's a there's plenty of accounts where I go in and I do like warehouse uh, warehouse optimization, mode optimization. And I don't even I could go in cost neutral. And I'm running again, they a lot most of my customers know the margin I'm running. I'm running 20% margin. I didn't beat the carriers up at all for the rate, right? I saved them 40% by just doing a little bit of uh, you know, actual strategy planning. And we're all happy, right? At the end of the day. A shitty paid sales rep is not a good sales rep. A shitty paid driver is not a is not a good driver, right? So it's like at the end of the day, I I am for the carriers. I think that they right. probably get beat up by or they probably get shit on by a lot of brokers. And it's probably vice versa. But again, it's just like I don't got time for that. Right. And I do the same thing. I'm the same exact way when it comes to my carrier. And when I mean no other places, they have to realize that I'm there to get my money on top of their money. Right. They need to know that that I their place is to haul the freight and move the freight and stuff like that. But they also have to realize that like when I go into a carrier, I'm basically like, all right, how much do you need to do this load? And they come and and you know, we talk about it and I say, Okay, it's five thousand dollars. And then at that point, I'm going to get my money on top of what they gave me. Now I just need them to perform that service for that. So in regards to them realizing that I am not the enemy and I'm not always bashing the price down, I'm just performing a service for the customer that they can't do as that carrier. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So that, that's what I meant by that. So I think now let's, let's talk about that with the carriers. What are you expecting? Like, okay, if they're a carrier, because obviously that's the other thing too, is when, when we're looking at stuff, for me, it's, it's different specific types of equipment, step deck, flatbed, RGN. But for you, when you're going to look to quote, if it's a LTL freight, you're probably not contacting a full truckload carrier and stuff like that. Yeah, we already have our rates negotiated. Like global, tra I mean, when you, when you think of that, global trans, we already have our blanket rates. So like any 3PL, at least the ones that are, you know, your top, worth knowing about our, we already have contracts with LTL carriers, right? Now there's a something called carrier specific pricing. And that is if a customer does $20,000 a month minimum in LTL spend, we can go out and even get a more aggressive rate specifically to, for that company's needs, right? For whatever freight they're moving from an LTL standpoint. But other than that, we already have uh contracted rates with, and they're called blanket rates. And then we put margin on top of that. So, right. Uh, we all fish from the same pond. When I say that on the LTL side, that's only, you know, again, it, it's a, I would say top 10 people in the 3PL industry have those relationships and those rates. But now on the truckload side, that's kind of like, again, you're, you're in the wild, wild west, right? So right. I got my team. My team is my, my, my director of operations is on everything with me. He, he knows the market, uh, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of reefer, right. And I've been focusing on like a lot of these emerging growth stage CPG brands. And there are uh, more and more companies are coming up with, you know, perishable goods. And I'm just like, Jesus, man, someone needs to one, someone should go buy an LT or buy an LTL reefer company, You'd make a killing right now.
But yeah, that's some little, there. <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit more difficult, but like we'll go out there and because again, we're getting everything, right? So that's the thing is if if we have enough, if it, it and usually we're not, I mean, I'm not working with anybody under like three hundred thousand dollars in transportation to spend a year. Right. So we'll go out and and again, we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do. We already have the data. We're going to go out to carriers if it's truckload and say, hey, listen, what can you give us on this? Do you even want this, right? Here's the freight. What are you going to do for this? And on truckload, we'd open book everything, at least to my team, because, dude, I don't want to go down that uh, rabbit hole where it's like, you know, listen, I said this before, the the market's always switching in, in, in truckload, right? And right. I'm going to open book it. We're going to give you, uh, we're going we're gonna to come to an agreement where right. it's no, a open cause. Book. Open book. Let's explain open book it. So what the rate is, right? What, what our cost is. And then we're going to come to an agreement and it, it could either be a, you know, we could do it on a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, a yearly basis, or per, per like, for instance, let me give you an example. So a customer of mine, uh, you know, they do, we got, you know, 50 truckloads a week. We get them two weeks in advance. We do it. Every, it's like a, we say RFP, but it's only us that's getting it. Right. So okay. we'll do every, every time we get that RFP, We'll give them, we haven't got contracted lanes yet, but we'll give them the rate, what we got it for. And then we, we come to an agreement of what we can market up from a dollar standpoint. Right. So hmm. we agreed it will never be below 300 and it will never be above 700. Right. Right. So it, it's, it's worked out like, cause it just builds trust. Right. It's like, right. but we had to, we had to come to the agreement though, where it's like, listen, when it, the market's in your favor, because they they hired a new logistics guy and he, he said, you know, what do you guys see to the market? And I knew what was coming next. It was, right, right. <laughs> it was like, well, and I said, listen, we're not, we're not sitting here telling you when the market's in your favor, no, there's not a doubt in our mind that you can go get it cheaper. But when it's not, we're the ones taking care of you and taking a hit. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta give and take. So again, that's the best part about that was having the CEO involved in it where it was like, no, I signed this contract. We're not making any switches. This is kind of, you had to get him, the new guy up to par, but you, you see what I'm saying? But it right. saved a ton of time, built trust real quick. Cause they were a little, they were all a little, uh, ah, we don't want to give you rates. We don't want to do this. And I was like, listen, I backed away from it. I, I mean, Sage, I backed away from it. I said, I, I, I don't think I, this is not a good fit. And then that's when the CEO was like, you're trying to tell me you want to save me money. And now you don't want to give me rates. And I was just like, it's sometimes though you have, go ahead. I mean, go. yeah. I mean, dude, I'm not in the business of like, literally, like, listen, I'm not going to do business with, or I'm not going to try to be, well, how do I want to put this? I don't want to be just another, I want to solve your problems, right? I want to solve challenges. And if you don't, and, and, and if, it, and if it doesn't work out, or if you don't think you have enough, uh, if it's enough of a, an issue to, to, to do it my way. Cause I've done it my way. That's fine. I don't, I no harm, no foul. I'm just going to go the other way. Right. Yeah. I've never done it this way. Why not try it? What's the worst that's going to happen? We're not even moving things yet. What's the worst that's going to happen. And then I remember after that, I said, if you want to do move forward, I'll sign an NDA, <laughs> got that NDA the next morning. Right. And, and I think that's some of the things that people have to realize too, is there's sometimes you just have to back away from some customers. You just have to say, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity and stuff like that, but this isn't the route I normally go. Um, but you're welcome to, you know, come, contact me back and stuff like that. And sometimes customers respond quite well to that. And they're like, okay, okay, we want to still do this. And then sometimes customers are like, oh, we'll, 
we're going to go a different route also. And then they find That's out. That's fine. Exactly. But sometimes they might work out, though. They, you know what I mean? It's like it's just human nature. Like everybody. I'll end it with that. Be a resource, not an order taker. At the end of the day, I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to sit here and people don't people don't work with me because I'm a, a, a yes man. Right. They know that. OK, guess what? This aggressive 33 year old. I said kid, but guy is is going to get it done. What if, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's like, who do you want in your corner when shit hits the fan? You want the guy that just says, yes, yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Or do you want the guy that literally goes to bat and, and is willing to, to fight for what he wants and what his customers want? That's on them. If, if that's what they want, I'm here. If not, no harm, no foul. Exactly. Somebody else will appreciate that. So let me jump in here. We have a, we have a question there. I don't know. Can you see those just to make sure? Probably yeah, we'll, like seven yeah. Miles, right? Uh, the old uh, apps, the old load apps, getting rid of brokers and, and are being less profitable. What's your opinion? I have no idea. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know what a load board is, but it's like it goes back to my point. It's like, listen, I don't I mean, we should have got my truckload guy on here. He probably uses them, but we'll load board apps, push brokers out or make <laughs> brokers are never here's the thing is broker. The, the old school broker is going to be getting weaned out. Like, I think the whole. I don't want to say transactional brokers are going to be all, all finished. Transactional but, brokers, as in regards to just so everybody understands that is, Hey, let me come in there. Just go, going directly to the shipper and saying, Hey, or, or the traffic manager and saying, give me, let me quote your rate. Let me do that. Let me do that. And that's all they're doing basically. Yeah. And I think that, you know, shippers are going to get like, again, they're starting to get more educated. They're starting to realize like, three PLs that could come in and provide other things than outside of a rate, like technology and stuff like that. And I think that, yeah, I don't, I mean, from a broker standpoint on this point, I don't know. I mean, I, that's not really my, I, from a load board, I don't really know shit about a load board, but yeah, what the loads are, just so you just so you know, what those are, those are called click and go. So basically, it's uh, it's like a bidding process that you can actually just click on the app and put your rate in and say yes or no, or put your price in. And then from there, it gets kicked back to the load board. And then the load board, you you go on. So what it does is eliminates the ability for any communication. It's just click and go. So Pro like Uber Freight? <laughs> yeah, which is a perfect example because I just recently dealt with somebody on the weekend where Uber Freight outsources everybody. And he sat for four days and he called me and we were able to get it fixed. But when things go wrong, there's nobody to get to communicate with. It's just it's dead air. You know, you, you can't get a hold of anybody over the weekend. You can't get a hold of anybody on Monday and they're just they escalate it and they escalate it. So the problem, problem with yeah is the communication at that point. Where that's I don't think that's ever going to go away because you're always going to have problems in trucking. When you stop having problems in trucking, I pff, world's coming to an end. Yes. I so, mean, it could be coming soon. Uh but no, it, uh, in all in all seriousness, it's like that comes back to so I'm really big. Everyone, like I'm big into technology. And a lot of times people are like, oh, you think technology is just replacing people? No, it's not replacing people, but it's all it's, it's replacing the tedious stuff that people have to do. You still need people. You still need human com com communication, right? With anything you do. What does it say? How do you learn about? How did you learn about supply chain and a 3PL system? Well, you were actually taught by Worldwide then, correct? Yeah. So I had, listen, I uh, graduated college, double major broadcasting, uh, PR. Um, I, I, I've only said this one, uh, one other time. I took a job being a recruiter right out of college for like, a, I was just like, this is the worst. This is the worst job. So I went hiatus. Um, I ended up being like a promotional bar manager for like three months and wow. I was like, man, what? The, yeah, I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life right now? I got a degree. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was in uh, 
was in PA school physician's assistant. I'm like, man, she's, she's deaf. She left me, but still she didn't leave me because of that. But I was like, she's definitely going to leave me. And I get a call from, uh, I get a call from this guy, Chaz, a recruiter, shout out Chaz. Um, I get a call from him about worldwide express and the rest is history, man. I just, I just fell in love with like everything about supply chain logistics and the, how it just like, runs the world right from and 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 it made me so much more business savvy and just the way it impacts everything i just dude i fell in love with it like just like i don't know i can't even really t- I, I don't know if i felt I, it's funny is because like i most salespeople aren't operationally mindset to right they're just not but i it's crazy because i was like i've been offered like multiple jobs to go run people's like uh dep- uh like VP of these emerging brands, VP of like supply chain. And I was like, there's not a chance in hell. I love supply chain and logistics and the operations piece, but I love selling too, dude. I right. like, I'm a weird breed where it's like, I'm a mixture of both. Um, and I, yeah, I just got into it from worldwide and the rest is history. I just, I'm just in love with knowing, I think it's cause I'm really good at it. And I just love, yeah, I just, there's a ton of money in it. There's a ton of money. I can't believe people don't make money in this. Right. And I think that's it. And just so everybody knows, um, Mike is extremely ADD to the point that he probably switches his room around six times. And even today, he said, hey, I'm going to be late doing the show. I'm, I'm like, what are you moving your room around? He's like, yes. I'm like, oh, my God. I got to look good for you, Sage. I, I know. And I, now I'm getting whooped. Now I got to completely change my room around. This is crap. Whatever. We'll, have, we'll make on. But no, and that was... Um, so I think that's a big thing too, because it's like me, I'm, I'm a one man show. So I do the operations of dispatching the sales and everything else, which I've done the same thing. But I, I think what, when I'm watching your, when I was watching your videos and I've actually binge watched your videos, I've, I've got you know, probably them all memorized. I saw that same like drive that nonstop don't sleep. Cause people say that about me. He's he, kid doesn't sleep, not sleep, need to get it done, need to solve problems, need to be, you know, process and that's not you almost have to have that in supply in in logistics because it's fast moving fast paced right uh yeah i mean i think you just are people are like dude i'm i don't know what it is like i mean i think it's just a mentality winners have right and and again i'm not here to hold up i heard this three seven hundred per load margins yeah but basically this is what he's talking about was as you said that when you when the when it's a blended eight percent if we're doing percentages, it's a blended 8% master splinter, uh, <laughs> meaning 8% margins. Right. Um, but where was I going at with this? Oh yeah. Mindset, like go, 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 or winners just want to win. Right. And I, right. I read a book by Tim Grover. It's a second book called winning, um, the mindset of winning. Um, and it, it was just like, it was, it was, it, it just gave clarity to a lot of things like, uh, he talks about like, cause I, at times I'm like, man, am I insane? Am I just like going nuts? Cause like, yes. I just love when, and it was like, no he talks about how he like coached Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. He was like their, their guy. And it's just a mindset. I think you're born with, um, and right. you either got it or don't. And, and again, I'm not sitting here telling anybody they got to live the life to be dedicated to winning and wanting to succeed. I mean, but that's just the way I do things. So yeah, so th- that okay. So let me see. There was something else here. Worldwide out of Iowa. No, no, D- Detroit. Wow, you're from. So you were you in Detroit at the time? Yeah, so I'm born and raised. Uh, born and raised in Michigan. Trickled down to Wisconsin. Went out to then I moved out to California. Now I'm in Seattle or Kirkland. 
Yeah, because the thing too, because he, like I said, I'm up at four o'clock my time, and he's, I'm, he's emailing me, and it's, I'm like, okay, this kid's, gonna, and the next thing you know, he's like, all right, we can go on in a couple hours. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, so, dude, I gotta take, I gotta take advantage of this time difference, man. That's why I was, a lot of my customers too are like in the East Coast, so I'm just like, all right, all right, uh, let's, let, all right. So, because a lot of the thing that um, they're looking at is like carrier. Let's talk about carriers a little bit real quick. I'm down. When you're actually looking for carriers, what do you kind of, and you're doing that, is it uh, larger carriers or smaller carriers? We already know that if anybody wants to hurry up and go out and buy uh, uh, box truck reefer trucks and you guys would be golden LTL reefer trucks. I mean, straight up because it's like LTL reefer alone. It's like, and a lot of these accounts are just like, they don't even have the volume to, to really, it's just a mess, man. I just like, let's go full truckload dedicated, but they don't have the cost budget either, which makes sense. Right. right. So it's like, right. Now we got to run a consolidation program regardless. If someone was out there and want, if someone's got money and wants to dedicate reefer LTL to emerging row stage CPG brands, you'd make a killing. You'd make a killing. Anyways, uh, what am I looking for? Whatever my customers wants and needs are, right? So that's the whole game, right? I'm going to say, hey, listen, this is the way we run show. This is the way we run our, 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 our show. We, our customers are giving us everything. We don't want to go out and reach out to every single carrier. That's not our game plan. What could you do? Do these lanes, these are the, this is the data. Do these lanes appeal to you? Do you have the do you have the trucks for this? Do you have the drivers for this? And if so, let's work something out. It's just like that. It's like what's a, is it attractive to them first? Let them know, okay, we'll give you all that volume you said that was attractive to you. Can we get to a price point that makes sense for both of us? Then I go back to my customer. All right. So that's the because, and that's our thing too. I think is that a lot of people don't understand is customers, or at least before I got there, let's just say, customers are not always. Um, let's try to be nice. They're not always the best organized and optimal as people might think they are. <laughs> so there are a lot of times I'm making phone calls and I'm like, "What? What? You're doing what?" Um, and sure. they're. Yeah. Right. You get the same thing, right? It's well, just, that's why we have a job, right? It's like most. It's like I don't even think it's like they don't want to. It's not about like. It's like they only know what they know, right? It's like it's still shocking to me today that like most like I'll call into a company. I'm like, wait, you use four different three PLs, all competitors of mine that all have a platform that could literally tell you, hey, we could do this all for you, and they're still letting you do this. That's where this. That's where I'm just like, well, yes, thank. I'm thankful that uh, that's <laughs> happening because I have a job, but it, it also right. comes to the point where it's like. Damn, we got to like, because I, I love the industry, right? I want to educate. That's why I would say I want to educate other, fuck, screw it. I mean, I want to educate my competitors, right? Newcomers. It's like at the end of the day, they won't take half the knowledge I want to give them. They won't listen. But it's just, it's mind blowing. That It's not even unorganized. It's just education. And that stems from our end, right? We are so weak when it comes to educating the shipper on things that truly matter to their company, um, whether they, you know, things that they don't even know. A lot of people are like, well, who am I to tell them how to run a company? You're the expert at right. what you're doing. You're not telling them how to run the company. You're telling them how your, how supply, how their supply chain is impacting their company. And you have an idea. What's the worst that's going to, I don't understand. What's the worst that's going to happen. If you right. say that to someone, Oh, screw you for wanting to help me. Yeah, get out of my office. What? And I think that's the big problem. And, and why do you think that is? Why do you think in this industry that uh, as big as it is and as much money as it is, that there are just a lot of either people like, uh, let's be honest, people that brokers and things like that, that 
just don't know the whole picture. They don't get trained. They don't get trained. I got lucky. Like we're wet express. I give them credit everywhere I go. I say it. I would, they taught me the basics of business, right? They taught me how businesses run and you do like there. I don't think I've met anybody that has literally done, uh, you call it managed trans enterprise, whatever. Right. I that's only done all in sales. It's like foreign, right? I got a couple one-off RFPs, but it's like at the end of the day, I, I've never really ran into that. And it's funny even further as it's like, I was talking like what I do a lot. There's a lot of like, you don't hear about it, right? Cause there's so many smart, nerdy people. You need them, right. That are in what I do like right. manage trans that don't, but you need them. So it's like, I always laugh about it. I was on a conversation with one of my extremely nerdy friends, but we get along and I was like, I just got blessed. I was like, I'm, I'm smart enough to just hang with those guys. And then it goes back into, I'm also, but, I, but I'm very strong in sales, right? Or, you know, I'm, I'm voicing my opinion. So it's getting out there. The reason why that doesn't get out there is one, it's like, again, it goes back to training. Look at everybody, how they call a, t- call 50 brokers. All right. I mean, Let's start. And ask them how. Yeah, right now, please let's not. <laughs> but no, it's like I get DMs all the time. I, I don't think I'm anything special, but it's like so many people are like, "Man, you have a different mindset of the way you look at things." Uh, thank you for actually bringing true value to 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 us. I'm no guru or anything like that. I always say it. I'm just trying to pay it forward. But it's it's it, it stems back to it's like your whoever you're working for has a weak sales training process. Like it needs to stop going from hey. This is we're customer centric. We have we have a, a fruit platter we offer, and we give you guys the basic train. No, like no one. Everybody's training process. Most training processes are weak when it comes into big picture. Bottom yeah. line. I, I just spoke with somebody yesterday that called me that actually works for um, a brokerage, and he says that the basic training was cold call, cold call, cold call, cold call, cold call, done. And it was it, that's all it was that that just cold call. And it wasn't even anything in regards to, okay, you know, what, you know, where do they fit in the, in that? What's the why? What's the why? Why are you doing this? It's like, okay, you first got to know what your company's value adds are, right? Offer, right. What do I have to offer them? What's your target audience? Like I've like went into companies after worldwide and I was just like baffled. I was like, wait a sec. So you just like, so basically to get a lead list, not even, they call them a lead list and they just randomly, can I get a shipment? Can I get a shipment? I remember I sat down with this kid and I was like, I love, you've been calling this company. Like, he's like, yeah, I've been emailing them. They never emailed me back. And I, he spent probably three months on this one company. I said, okay, cool. Let me give them a, I just called them, right? Called the shipping manager. And he was like, yeah, we got 30 people. We just email blast out. We only do five truckloads a week. That was like, so to me, I was like, he could have just done that and saved himself a bunch of emails in three, three months, right? Not even the, like most companies don't even know what a qualified lead is, right? Like meaning, Hey, you called the company, you gathered information. Now you think to your head, can I bring value? Is there enough value? Does it fit into my target customer? Okay, cool. Now it's a lead, right? Now it's a qualified opportunity and you'll never hear anybody. I mean, I have yet to really think of like, now what do you do with a qualified lead? It's go straight to the shipping manager and get a load. No, 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 no. But I mean, I'm not here to, okay, again, if you have to do that and you don't have the resources or platform to go outside and do other things outside of just a rate, I hate to say it, it's probably going to die out, but do what you can do now to, to, to separate yourself, right? Because again, transactional brokerage is not going, going away for good. I just, I just don't know it. Like, you know, whatever value add you could think of, 
from, you know, if you don't, again, if you don't have like the, the resources do it, but it's just, yeah. Training is just weak in this industry. Like, I mean, it's just sad. It's like, you know, it's like a bunch of just rate slingers. Right. All right. So let's do that. You're, so, Cause you mentioned that uh, uh, quite a bit is making sure that you're actually qualifying them, right? You're actually qualifying to somebody that you want to work with because, and I get this all the time too. And, and there's times that, you know, I get a lot of, you know, uh, customers that'll call me and they're just redistributors, right? They're just, they're buying something just to resell it and stuff like that. And I call them, you know, birds, cheap, 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 cheap. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, fortunately, you know, I'm, I'm not your guy. So when you're going to look at that, what are you actually looking at? You know, when you're, you know, you Googled that, Googled that place, you got a, a, a possibility. What's your actual process to go through in your head for this, for that? All right. So I'm going to, I mean, okay. So I already know, like I already know the value adds I can bring. Right. Uh, so I'll call accounting. I'll have like, Hey, uh, you know, speak okay, to accounts. Let's do it. Call me. I'm accounting. Hey, what's up? Hey, Sage, real yeah. quick question. Uh, Mike with uh, Mike with Global Trans, I had a quick question for you. Um, are you the one that's actually handling your, you know, transportation freight bills when you pay them? Uh, yeah. Yep. I, I do the outbound in, uh, accounting. Yep. Okay, cool. Real quick question. When, when those bills are coming into you, are they coming in electronically? Are they coming in, uh, you know, I say pigeon post? How are they coming in? How do you receive those? Uh, it's random. Uh, most of the carriers now can either email it to us. Um, we have a couple that still mail it, but we tell them to email it and they still put it in the mail. Stuff like that. Usually random. So all over the map? Yeah, pretty much. Cool. So, okay. So when you're getting those, are they, I mean, how many vendors? I know it's probably up and down, but if you had to, if you had to ballpark it, how many bills from different vendors are you guys getting? Oh God. We probably are doing, um, I'm going to say we're doing like uh, 200 shipments a month. Basically, okay. so let's say in two shipments a month, we're probably at it can range anywhere from 50, 60 different carriers. Oh, dang. So that's probably uh, OK. So my next question, and then I'll get you. I, I promise I won't uh, I won't keep asking much. But so you're getting a lot of uh, a lot of bills are coming into you. How are, uh, do you have like do you have a certain process how you allocate or break down reference by anything? How, how, how do you go about that? What's your process uh, for? Yeah, so basically what we do is we is between the LTL and, and the, the truckload type stuff, we have the, the project managers kind of pick out who they're going to be using and stuff like that with, with people that they've already worked with. And then from there, they get me the pro the, what the, they quoted to them and they send it over to me and I basically wait for the invoice. So they send you the quote and then you wait for the bill and do you do like a checks and balance? Uh, well, once I get that in and then um, I'll compare it with the folder. And that, uh, and and see if the price. If the price is wrong, then I got to go back to the project manager and say, "Hey, what what happened on this one?" And then figure out if it was detained or what what went wrong. It's it's more money, correct? So you're so every every month two three hundred. Are you said two hundred bills coming in? You have to go through manually and check the the folder of the quoted price versus what you actually were billed on that invoice. Is that what you're saying? Well, we use QuickBooks, so I'll go through the QuickBooks type thing and stuff like that, and then. From there, I just make sure that it matches up. If it doesn't match up, I have to go back and figure out what's going on. Correct. Does it? So, what happens if do you end up just having to eat the cost if if you don't figure it out, or what happens? Some of our invoices, obviously, you know, we're getting them in thirty days and stuff like that. And then we also have to bill our customers. So, if it's a price difference of two, three hundred bucks, a lot of times we might just say, okay, we're just just whatever, just pay it. They, I, we have no idea. Ah, uh, 
Oh, that's got to be brutal. Anyway, so that I would just hey, I would end it. Customer of mine, just so you know, this is a real customer of mine. You should you should give it to me, but you. no, well, go ahead. <laughs> uh, but no, that so right then and there, it's like okay, they are literally a manual process. Two hundred bills coming in a month. Don't really have any type of visibility when it comes into again just the discrepancy reports, right? I could say correct. Listen, your accounting department spoke with I spoke with Sage, spending a ton of time, you know, having to, you know gather all these invoices, waits for the project managers to send them over the quote. Then he goes in, once the bill comes in, what could be anywhere between, you know, one week to, to net 45, you never know. He's got to go look at those, the actual bills, what you were quoted, do they match up? If they don't match up, you get what I'm saying. I would be like, you know, I got something that first and foremost, did you know that was going on in the financial impact that's, that's having on your company? No. Okay. Well, you know, again, what I could do is actually consolidate all those invoices, actually give you guys visibility reports on discrepancy reports so that Sage will no longer have to do the tedious work of going in and looking to find the quote versus what they were billed. He'll already know if the bill doesn't match the quote and why it did. Is that something that you think it's worth, you know, 15 minutes to, to jump on a, a set call to discuss a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely something. If that's the way it's being handled and you can find a better way to be able to process that information in more efficiently, yeah, let's do a 50-minute call. Boom. That's what I would, I mean, that right there would have, like, so you know what I mean, though? It's like, I would have, like, 200 shipments, boom. I wouldn't even have to ask for spend. I already, I already don't need to talk to shipping. Maybe I'll call shipping and uh, shipping's real quick, man. It's like, I'm straight up like, hey, listen, I get it. You're already getting blown up 20, 20, 20 brokers a day. I don't want to be on a carrier list. I got a couple questions for you just on a process standpoint. I understand if you're going to hang up. Usually they laugh and realize, okay, this kid's self-aware. Um, and then I'll just be like, real quick, I'll say, hey, listen, right now when you're when you're booking, uh, you know, what's your quoting process or ordering process? Once you get a PO in, how do you get uh, how do you go about getting a rate? And I can tell right there if it's like, well, we use email this. Okay, they don't got a TMS. Boom. Right. And now that's all I need. Exactly. And I, I think that's a big thing. And, and the shocking part was, is that the company I went to went to a, um, they went through a, th okay, I, I'm going to consider trans. You guys are a brokerage because you have a brokerage, you have an MC number. Okay. Yeah. So you're a brokerage on steroids. All right. They went to a TMS company that does not have a brokerage. So it's kind What's of a company. I won't say it here. I won't say it here. I'll tell you off, off screen. I, they, I, I compete with those guys 24. Dude, it's, I got into, a, I'm into a really large account. They suck. If, they if, do uh, horribly. And I, they're, I, like I said, so I'm finally, I'm actually, it was funny too, because you want to know what the funniest part is? They actually called me, right? Now remember, I do overdimensional freight, so I could have a $100,000 load. That could be one load for me, right? Yeah. I got a phone call and they're like, hey, can we pay you by credit card? I'm like, what? This is a 3PL asking to pay me by credit card. So I'm like, uh, no, because you're, I'm not paying your 5% fee. Uh, oh, yeah. You can pay the 5% fee, but I'm not paying that fee. So if you do, you're paying the 5% fee because I'm not going to have you invoice me. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to eat that. Um, so you decide if you want to eat or not. And then next thing I know, actually, I should probably contact you about this. They're, I think they're going to be getting rid of this company and going with somebody else because there's some other issues that are happening with that because they, yeah. yeah, it's here's the here's the thing is it's like I and they're usually in a lot of big companies. Right. And right now I have a close. He's like a mentor of mine. Uh, direct. He's like director of sourcing now. Finally got it. He's got his master's and stuff. I was like, dude, you finally he's taking me. He's the first enterprise account I've ever sold a deal to. And we just became like 
friends or more or less mentors. So he's, he, right. he's worked at Malibu boats. He's taken me everywhere if, if he could. Right. So now we got one and he wasn't the DM. He's never been the final DM, right? And he reports directly to the CEO. They do about 8 million. He calls me. I was like, fucking yes, man. Finally, we can just like you were the man, but they use a con. He goes, do you ever heard of this company? And I said, no, dude, I got their data. And again, I'm not saying they're all bad, but like, they have, they sell this TMS and like, he was like, I don't know what they're doing for us, Mike. They are not like, so basically they just pretty much, no, they have nine different warehouses. Nothing's integrated. They have Oracle. They spend all this money and they're not integrated into the TMS that this company sold them. Basically all this company does is put their bills in one place that even then looks like shitty and just kind of audits them and takes 50% of the, like, what they find. That is it. Right. And I was like, dude, we audit, we do that for free, but Here's the problem with with just straight up technology companies is they don't and that don't have any kind of background on the day to day or not even day to day but just like from an operational standpoint and you know they don't know what's going on they know technology and technology is great but just to what degree right it's like technology needs to be updated like for instance like TMSs people think you set it there and oh you got all these no you got to put business rules in place through and have them integrate into your system so they're actually talking and those business rules are updated have to be updated right it's not just like oh set up a tms and be be done with it what happens there a bunch of it just basically you're spending a bunch of money for just nothing right and, that, and that's the thing too it's like for mine the customer i have doesn't use a tms so i don't need a tms so because and i don't do a ton of volume so it's fine for me but even at, at TMS, is there's a lot of times you'll go out and carriers will get the TMS and they'll be able to control that within their company, but they don't realize that, hey, we can integrate this TMS to their TMS. Anything. You and, can integrate You can integrate a TMS. Like, I mean, you, even if you don't have like an ERP system or whatever, it's just like if, if I, too many companies that I see are getting sold this TMS and don't even have any type of integration. Like most times when you got a TMS, you're going to want some type of integration, like to the point where it's like even a simple integration, API integration for QuickBooks, right? Right. It's, it's a, it's a simple system literally takes not even, I mean, takes it's, it's as simple as like it could be done in a day or EDI. Where, yeah. EDI is fine too. I mean, API is like the, right, the, the, the newer one, right? But you get what I'm saying is it's like, right. You know, if you're going to like, again, it's a lot of, it goes back into education, right? It goes back into, are you just selling stuff to sell stuff? Or are you just, or are you actually being a resource, right? Like there's plenty, I'd rather be the person that walks away from something and says, listen, this just doesn't make any sense. Or you're in a good spot for now, or does you know, just whatever versus add to their issues, right? Because it just gives us a bad name in general in the industry. Right. And I think that's like I said, it's some of the stuff we talk about. And I, I think it all comes back to, to, to training and to proper knowledge and then being able to go into that customer fully aware of what you know, so that it, cause it's your job to know it. That's why they're hiring you. That's why, or hopefully hiring you, but that's why they're bringing you in. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is like, I mean, I lucked out, uh, you know, and, and not everybody was like that when that, worked that worldwide became like great. And I'm not saying I'm great, but it's like, you know, I, we, I was just locked out though. Like it's like, and then I took what they learned, they taught me and I took advantage. Like, again, you gotta be a, a doer yourself too. Right. It's like, right. I didn't learn any of this stuff at worldwide. When I talk about like cost to serve high level stuff, like really high level stuff. But that was, that's on me. Right. And I, and I, and I took, and I met other people in the industry, you know, shout out to Chris Capillas from blue grace, probably the only one I would ever, if I ended up going up against Blue Grace and Chris Capillas, 
I would, that would be a challenge and I would love it, but like super smart guy, but it's like, he took me to the next level. It's like, he made a, I would say like a sales savage into the, uh, a brainiac, right. Knowing things like really in depth when it comes into, you know, I know the basics, how to get a meeting and get all like basic information, consolidated invoices. This guy took me to the next level. So shout out to him, but it just training is like important, really important. And, and, and too many companies that have the capability to do multiple different things outside of just go out and tell their brokers to, to go shop a rate. Just don't take the, the time because again, it, it's, it's a longer, pro- it might be a longer process. They don't want to invest in their people, right? They say they do. Everybody says, says they want to invest, but it's like, why is your turnover rate 80%? Right. I, 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 and I think that's a huge number that people are like, Oh, Right. I mean, dude, it's not just because sales. Okay, sales is tough, but it's like, dude, at some point, sometime, when your turnover rate's that bad, it's it it's got to be stop. It's got to stop being a a sales a salesperson's problem. It's got to start pointing the finger at you, right? The managers, right. the executives. It's like that's a you problem, right? Because it's like, put your manager on a pip. <laughs> like, what? what is he? What right. is he doing? What is he doing? It's time to call out, right? It's time to say, whoa, 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 80% here. Call up the, the higher ups, right? I don't, I mean, it is what it is, man. But it's like, I think that it all comes back down to self-awareness too. It's like, I think people, people treat people like they're dumb, right? It's like, you know, at least the, I don't know. But like, I think talented people, even though they like, you know, someone's going to be talented or has some drive right when they get even, even right as they start, they might not have that education when it comes into the knowledge for the industry, but you could kind of tell, and those people can read other people. Right. And they can right. see you're losing, you know, how many people like really talented people probably just jump into a company and then they're like, screw this, this person's never. Cause like money was nothing to me. Like I always said it, I said, dude, I would have did it for free with the training I got because I always looked at it like long-term, right? It's like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll take a, I'll take less pay here, but I'm going to get sure. so much good. Like this training is going to benefit me. And, and then the long run, I'm going to consistently, you know, grow my, grow my revenue. And, and I did, and you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything because it, it, it was able that training, the beginning processes of my career was the re is, is the reason why I was able to scale so quickly. And, and I am where I am today. All right, let me ask this then. So on that same aspect, and it's not them training properly, at what point is that person, is it for that low person that's saying, hey, I'm not being trained properly? You know, what time, at what point is time for them to start screaming? A lot of people are saying, asking me that because now that like, I'm like LinkedIn is popular and I'm voicing my opinion and and explaining things are like, whoa, this is like crazy. And it actually makes sense. And like, I mean, (laughs) I can help you, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, right? I, I can't give you the answer to that. I could just say is like, listen, I'm not saying I'm my, my way is right. I'm not saying my way is wrong. I'm not sitting here. I'm just saying this is what I do and it works for me. Um, right. I know it works for other people. You can either, you know, you got to, you got to just, you've got to figure that out on your own, right? There's just some things that I, you know, people can't hold your hand for everything, right? It, I just don't have an answer to when to leave, right? You know what to do. Like, I think it's like, use your gut. If you're, if just in anything in life, right? It's like, if you know, someone's not going to train you, the company is kind of shady or whatever, your manager's not good. That's on you to either stay or, you know, again, I get it. You can't, some people just can't afford to quit at the end of the day. Right. Right. I don't blame you. And it's, it's hard. I think it's hard because it's like, it's, 
you have to know you have to be smarter than the other people because it's a lot of time they're just snagging like they're doing those calls. But so it's your job to know and, and to dive in and to, to realize that whole business model and that thing. You have to be business oriented. Yeah, you do. But it's like, I wouldn't even say smarter. I'm nothing special, but it's like at the end of the day, I think it's just, you got to start doing work harder. Right. You, or no, work. not even work hard. You, I mean, work hard. I mean, I think that just goes with anything, dude. Right. I'm not here. Like, again, I don't want to get in the whole like, oh, grind it out. Do this. Like, dude, I don't think at this point people should be even like, if you have to be told to work hard, that we, we already have issues, right? Like I, I probably not me, me, if I have to tell you that working hard makes you succeed, we're probably not going to jive, whether that's in my personal life or professional, right? right? It just, I just, I don't, I, I don't see that nothing wrong with you. If you want, if, 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 that, if you do got to be told that, but again, anyways, so I'm not even about that. It's more or less like just do right. A lot of people sit around and I could see my, I, I'm even, I could, I could, I get caught up in it where I'm just like, you know, someone that's done it, been successful. And I'll just be reading some of these things on LinkedIn. I'll be like, you know, maybe cold calling is dead or maybe this is dead. And I'm just like, what am I thinking? Like, and I can only, uh, I can only imagine though, how many new people it's like, listen, cold calling might be dead, but I'll tell you this people that put themselves out there and consistently take fate into their own hands, accomplish more than those that don't. And that's just facts, whether cold calling's dead, whether it's whatever your opinion is, nobody can argue that someone that takes fate into their own hands and just goes for it doesn't accomplish more than someone that doesn't. And I'll repeat that again. Oh. Take fate into your own hands, block out the noise. You might get, I'm telling you, you, I might, you, uh, this gets, I get so passionate about this because it's like so many people, like it's super simple. Like, stop waiting. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's like, stop. Like, what are you waiting? Like, who exactly. cares if it? Who cares if it's dad? Who cares if someone tells you that a CEO? Listen, I don't care. I will. I, I literally will. I, you know what? I got a better odds of calling someone and getting told no than just sitting around listening to, you know, the next LinkedIn guy. That if anybody has Guru on their on their LinkedIn too, can we please? Can we please? <laughs> Can we let it go? <laughs> but it's like, no, man. It's just like, more or less, it's like, dude, stop paying attention. Like, you know what's going to drive, what's going to grow you. And it's not the person that tells you to have a great Friday because good vibes are coming your way. Listen, it's toxic, exactly. it's toxic positivity. Start focusing. People, you should, people should know this. It's like, I go to people that when I want to feel sorry for myself, I go to people that I know that are going to tell me what I want to hear. And that nothing comes from that, right? Besides, a, well, uh, nah, yeah, Go. nothing, nothing, yeah, nothing impactful, I should say. Right. Nothing enlightening. But when I truly want to grow and I and I and I, I go, I have my core circle of five people that I would literally I'll go to and they're gonna tell me what I what I need to hear, right? I don't want to hear, it, but they're gonna tell me and that's gonna grow me. So it's like that's up to people though. People rather just go if if you rather follow the people that are really not providing you any value, that's on you. You can only blame yourself. So right. It, the train, hey, the the education, it's the internet. You can go, you can find it anywhere. Start following the right people. Start putting yourself in in situations and just start doing. Start doing. Stop talking. Stop thinking. Stop asking questions that you haven't even tried to accomplish on your own. Just do. Start this, failing. This and I know that sounds cliche. This is a guy that would storm right into the CEO's office and be like, "Hey, how's it going?" Right? It's basically. Here's what I want to say too to that. It's like right. yes, yeah. forty. I I I have. 
private equity guy, Rick, uh, I've already shot at him out once. I'm surprised he even commented back on it. But no, I, I mean, that was like the changing point in my career, too. It's like I've talked to a bunch of CEOs at that point. But I remember cold calling this this company and this guy, listen, this guy is a private equity guy, literally introduced me to, flew me out to Chicago. I'm a 20, what, six-year-old at that time. I said, hey, I'm looking for Rick. Rick comes out. And I was like, I remember I was, to this day, I was like shaking. I had a field ride with me too at this point. He was like, like we take potential new hires on a field ride of like what a day was. This kid was like sold. Because I had the best day of my life too that day. I was just like cold, cold. I was like literally getting everybody. But no. It just stuck in my head. I was like, you know what? I would have never had this chance. I called Rick five times, 10 times before I, I, I sent him an email, said, I'll be there on 10 o'clock a.m. Wednesday. Please, please just come out. I want to put a face to the name. It, Secretary said, does he expect you? And I said, yeah, I sent him an email. He should know. And he came out. He was like, get back here. And we literally, dude, he's the man. And it was like that right there. It's like, I, that was just kind of like in my head from like, at that point in my career, highest level person that I met with CEOs, but this was like a CEO, right? This was like a dude. I mean, the dude was already, look, the dude was hot. This guy was hired on by private equity companies to go in and control companies, right? So again, look what that got me though. That got me introduced to the actual PE firm. Those guys putting me, those guys are like old school Rolodex guys, right? They, yeah. they look at, they wanted a guy that could handle it. They wanted a guy that they could call to handle every company they acquire to go look. I didn't even get the deal I was trying to get. It didn't make sense to them. They said, oh, 5%, we, you were too late, Mike. And that was like another reason where it was like, long story short, doing puts you in situations like that. And when people say like cold calling CEOs don't handle that, listen, I don't, maybe these new CEOs are trust fund people don't, but I've. I've, I've, I've met with hundreds of CEOs, old school CEOs, PE guys that listen, you're never, you're never getting them unless you call them. And there's something to be said when you actually have the, the kahunas to, to just go after what you want. Right. Right. And I think that even when I interact with them too, it's, it's like they're a lot of, or for me, a lot of our times that they're down to earth people, they're, they're usually not expecting that. When did they not become people? Like, I mean, exactly. I very, I'm very observant, dude, when it comes into everybody's behavior and two things. I am observant and I just, again, in my head, I was like always watching the way other, my, my internal CEO, my CEO, like would, would talk to like VPs and stuff. And I was like, you hear me and I'm like, dude, this, that, but I'm knowledgeable. So that doesn't like, who cares if right. I say, dude, maybe it turns off someone. And then the second piece is the second piece is, is like, they're all cut from the same cloth as me. They are. They all started some way, unless they were a trust fund person, right? And let's, I don't have time for that, but like they're all cut from the same cloth. Like they're people, they got to respect it, right? And, you know, yeah, beginning of my career, younger, driven, didn't know shit, but I, I had the kahunas to call them. And that's probably how I got most of my meetings, right? It was just right. like, damn, this kid is, this kid is literally aggressive. I'll take his meeting. I don't know. I remember the first, one of the first meetings I sat with the CEO, my manager came with me and he was like, listen, I don't know what you guys do. Mike <laughs> just came in off the street and, <laughs> and he, I just liked the kid. And, <laughs> yeah. He just was like, yeah, I, I just, yeah, that was the, it was like, he, he comes in at five 30. I'm on a phone call. He passed our, our, my uh, personal assistant just walks into my office and I was just like, but it, that, oh, that was my point. My point is though, don't be afraid to cold. Call. Like more times than not, you get hung up on by the people that are, 
not a CEO, right? See, right. They, they might not always take your meeting. More times than not, though, they're not hanging up on you. They're not, they're saying no or something, but it's like, you're never going to be comfortable with talking to people like that or, or, and they're, and to my, in my head, I don't look like right. I'll call, I'll, I've called CEOs of a billion dollar company. I just don't care. Like right. they're humans to me. Right. I need to, I need to talk to a person. I, I don't care if they're a billion dollar company. I know, I know my crap and I'm going to make that phone call and I'm going to yeah. ask that. who's making the decision. And I already right. know that it's like, it's not a power trip. It's like, I did an interview with an awesome lady. Uh, she's vice president. Now she works at, uh, what is it? Zap zap. She's a VP of procurement there, but she was the VP of supply chain at, uh, damn, how am I forgetting this wind cup? And we did this interview. Um, and she, like, cause I'm trying to go back. I'm thinking about my master's degree in supply chain. And anyway, so I was like, yeah, I said, I got you on the line. Can I, can, can I like put you on my YouTube? And she was like, yeah, cool. So we started talking about it. And I remember her, I go, listen, I always reach out to the CEO. You're the v vice president of supply chain, been in the industry 25 years. You probably would have been the person I went to, right? Right. Who made the call at your company? She goes, president and CEO or COO. She goes, you got to go with And she goes, you got the right mindset, Mike. You got to go where the money's at. And she's right. the vice president of uh, supply chain, 25-year vet. You already know she's very heavily involved. But at the end of the day, when it came to a $500 million company, the person that made, like she was obviously a huge influence, right? Right. But she even said, and I was like, so you wouldn't have been mad if I would have are upset <laughs> that I went over your head. She goes, uh, first off one, um, I know my capabilities and I'm not insecure. So no, go with it. And she kept saying, go where the money's at. And that's when I was like, it's just reassured. It was nice. Cause like letting, having someone of her stature, like explain that in like, you know, yeah, she's the spearheading it. But at the end of the day, it's, it's CEO and COO, especially at a company that big. Right. And I think that's what people understand is a lot of times you're, you're, you're shooting for that traffic manager or that, 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 but down the line, it's, it's that CEO that's going to say, hey, use this guy to well, that manager. Well, here's the thing is, it's nothing wrong with the traffic manager, but we all have roles. The traffic manager does right. what the traffic manager does. He doesn't know the other the other things that impact the company. And he shouldn't right. because that's not, his, that's not his title. That's not his job responsibility. Like, for instance, for me, I only know, like, when I, I remember I was, that, I was that person. We were switching from Gmail to Outlook and... It was like, Mike, you got to switch. The whole company switching. We got to switch. I said, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Never. And my office manager, God bless her. I love her to death. But I was that I was that asshole where she was like, Mike, please, please, can you switch over? And I was just like, she can't. She can ask me. She can't tell me what to do. That's what I like. That, but that's how you got to think about it that way. Then my VP came up to me and was like, I don't care what you do. Put it down. You're, you're okay. literally got one day. You either are going to lose all your emails from Outlook. Or you call, I think his name was Rick or something for our implementation guy. You're going to call Rick and get it switched over. But either way, we're switching. So you got to, you got to make the decision. And it was like, knowing that it's like, a, that's like, I tell that story, but it's like, you know, April was the traffic manager that could ask her other departments what to do, but couldn't right. tell them what to do. Right. So that's why nothing gets happened. People settle mid-level, nothing wrong with their, it's nothing. It's not like a shun on these people, but like at the end of the day, they can't. They're, they're not, they can ask some people what to do, but it's like the CEO is going to make the decision based on does this impact the entire organization right. and explain why that's, who's going to make the call. I mean, and again, it's all situational, you know, again, you VP of supply chain, you can get people like that, but like starting from such so low, you end up, it just, it, it becomes a mess, right? Especially if you're actually going to make some 
decent sized changes when it comes into involving multiple different departments. You need everybody. And you right. need buy you, you don't need to have them 24/7, but you need that buy-in and you need them tied in. You at least need them in there for you need to, you just need them in there, right? You need them in there eventually and then you need them always in those emails or, you know, once issues arise, like have them in knowing about it. You have to keep direct contact with them, I think. At least in my opinion. And, and just so everybody knows, Mike's very difficult to, to get emailed. You email him and he emails you back next day, just for at least for me. But besides so, that, dude, just you. You're not paying me yet. So I yeah, you oh, get gotcha. hang on. Where's your cash app? No, just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but no, that's that's I, I think that's a that's a huge factor. People understand is you want to go to I think you have something on your indeed that says, you know, don't take no from somebody that can't tell you yes anyways, correct? Oh yeah. I yeah, I just posted that. It's like, yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah, don't take. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take a no from someone that couldn't give me a yes. Right. Exactly. Like, and I. I don't mean like give me a. I mean literally give me a yes. Like couldn't have. Like they had to go take it to someone else. Like who's gonna? You're gonna like no. Right. Exactly. Because that he couldn't make that. That person couldn't make the decision anyway. So I might as well just go right to the person that makes the decision and then interact with them and sell my services to them and show them my you know what my my you know potential is for helping their company. And I think that's just another uh, that's something that's not looked at. It's not taught. It's not gone over. And it's just there's an intimidation factor that. Be, and I think it's because, like I said, you want to make sure you know your stuff before you make those approaches. No, I was I was I was setting meetings with CEOs when I didn't know anything. It was like more or less learn a couple. Th hey, learn a couple things like no, because here's what's going to happen is anybody that takes this is going to get nervous. Literally just call the CEO and say, hey, listen, I can help you save money. All right. Tell me how to save money then. Cool. So I'll know. tell you that. I'll tell you that. In, I'll tell you that. But let's say, <laughs> listen, I know I called you off guard. Let's okay. set up a call 15 minutes and then have a manager help you. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Perfect. But so we know the trick. Have I some mean, there that knows at least. Gotcha. Just do, <laughs> no, just do it. I mean, nobody, at the end of the day, it's like it's, it's going to just do it. And it doesn't even have to be the CEO. Learn. But yeah, learn some stuff. Google some stuff. If you really, truly want to learn supply chain, logistics, operations, it all starts from like doing you, it. Yeah, yeah. Not yet. Just doing it. Like try something out different. It's like, if you're doing something right now and it's not working ever. Change like, it up. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to do like a clinic right now, but it's like, or be that guy that's like, do it. You should do it this way. Listen, most people that are going to succeed are self-aware and then have some type of idea of how to use Google. Google. What's this Google you speak of? No, just kidding. No, <laughs> I don't even. Know. I, yeah, I have you. I have another kid that does uh, YouTube. YouTube University. That's what he basically calls YouTube. So, besides that, so yeah, uh, I, I appreciate you. I mean, you got how much like you got you to take off because I knew. Yeah, you I gotta. I gotta go. One. Yeah. What time? Yeah, I got. I definitely gotta go. All right. Cool. Anything you want to say in the final in the end here? Don't treat your supply chain like an auction. And if you ever, uh, well. You got if anybody's watching that actually uh you know wants to take a look at their supply chain, give me a reach out. Midwest Mike on Instagram if you want to follow me because you're you're into personal stuff. That's kind of where I I I post my you know personal life. I'll be but, putting your YouTube channel um in the link just so you know. So your YouTube channel at the end of this we posted in the link. So you'll be able to click on his YouTube channel, um, check him out. He does random videos and he, he says some stuff which are rants, but I don't even consider them rants. But, it, you know, he'll, he'll get better at the rant type thing. But besides that, then, yeah, thanks for coming on. I'd like to do this more often. It's uh, Reach out to me and we'll rock on with it. 
Definitely. Appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you. See you. See you, everybody. All right. So if you like what you heard here and you want to make sure you can stay up to date, make sure you check out sagenewslive.com. That's my website. It's also going to be where you're going to find where I'm also at. Uh, Podcast, Spotify, Apple, um, Twitch, Vimeo, all these other places, not just on YouTube. So if you're looking to listen to me on podcast or anything else, you can go ahead and hit up the website. Also, upcoming streams, things I'm going to be having. And if you're looking for factoring for under 2% with one of the best factoring companies out there, definitely check me out on my website. Go ahead and shoot me a text or email me about the information. I'll reach out and get you hooked up like a tow truck. As always, stay safe, stay out.